following program is paid programming. The views expressed on the following program are those of its hosts and participants, and nowhere reflect those of the ownership, staff, or advertisers of WNRI. Well, it's one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready now, go Okay, well, welcome once again to Dunn's Deal. This is the place where I do the dealing, and I deal them fairly. Thank you, Elvis, for that intro, and now I've got to do my intro. Joe Biden is not the president. He's the thief-in-chief. He's the cellar-dweller. He's the nuclear nut. And he is Dementia Don. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. So for all you uh, news junkies out there, this is your place to come to get your fix. And uh, I had some... Well, this is all important news of the day. Uh, I had to make a switch at the very end because the lead story I want to get into is uh, Steve Bannon getting, um, you know, getting sentenced to jail and the subpoena that's been issued to Donald Trump, the real president. And this is important for a lot of reasons. It's like, I guess I'm expecting an October surprise. And could the October surprise be the arrest of, of Donald J. Trump to, to see him frog marched and, and uh, brought into jail and you know, to have his mug shots taken? Um, I don't know if that can be pulled off before the election. I mean, we have, what, uh, what's it, 18, 19 days to go before November 8th. And boy, oh boy, (laughs) Uh, the Democrats and, oh, oh, that's what I need. And, uh, oh, it's right there. And a couple of, uh, of rhino Republicans, Adam Kinzinger. And this lady right here, for lack of a better word. Oh, come on. Yeah, just uh, Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney, along with all the Democrats and Adam Kinzinger, are just out out to hang Trump. They want to get him. There we go. So anyhow, that's my intro for the January 6th committee. No, she doesn't run it. It's run by, what is his name? Bernie? Bernie, I keep forgetting his name. Chair Bernie Thompson, Democrat from Mississippi. But Liz Cheney is the vice chair of it. And anyhow, let's get into the subpoena on uh, Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon, center. Uh, a longtime ally of former President Donald Trump and convicted of contempt of Congress. He's accompanied by his, his lawyers there. Wait a minute. Okay. He was sentenced Friday to serve four months behind bars after defying a subpoena from the House Committee investigating the January 6th insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. Okay, U.S. District Judge... Carl Nichols allowed Bannon to stay free pending appeal 
through a potentially lengthy process and also imposed a fine of $6,500 as part of the sentence. Bannon was convicted in July of two counts of contempt of Congress, one for refusing to sit for a deposition and the other for refusing to provide documents. So today he got sentenced. Nichols handed down the sentence after saying that the law was clear, that the contempt of Congress is subject to mandatory minimum sentence of at least one month behind bars. Bannon's lawyers had argued the judge, the judge could have sentenced him to probation instead. Prosecutors had asked for Bannon to be sent to jail for six months. In my view, Mr. Bannon has not taken responsibility for his actions, Nicole Nichols said, before imposing this sentence. Others must be deterred from committing similar crimes. Uh, yeah, others like uh, Attorney General uh, uh, Eric Holder, um, uh, who is the, the woman from uh, the IRS uh, back in Obama's days. Uh, well, this is the third term of Obama. Oh, uh, gee whiz. I know I should have written her name down. But um, there have been many people that have ignored or not um, not been charged for ignoring a subpoena from Congress. But if you're a Democrat... You have a different set of laws. You are above the law. Yeah, you're not going to get prosecuted. Or if you go to trial, you'll be acquitted. But Steve Bannon's crime is being a Republican. And worse than just a Republican, because Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger are Republicans. You worked for and aided Donald J. Trump. Ah, <laughs> uh, brother. But <laughs> he is out of jail and he's going to appeal this. So with the election coming up in 18 days, what's the likelihood that <laughs> that, <laughs> that this ruling is going to stand at all? What happens if... The Republicans come in with a huge wave and the, the January 6th, you know, commission investigation now becomes run by the Republicans. I mean, run by Jim Jordan, Matt Gates, um, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is, is sitting in on it. And there's another question. How many of those Democrats who are on the committee, because it's <laughs> practically all Democrats, and you might as well just say that Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger are Democrats. How many, so They're both gone. Kinzinger and Cheney are gone at the end of this, uh, this term. How many of those Democrats are going to be gone? How many are going to lose their seats in the election? That's a good question. (laughs) You know, how many are in vulnerable seats? That coffee is good. So I'm surprised that the, you know, the January 6th commission hasn't already wrapped up and, and folded its tent and gone away. Because November 8th is the election. January, uh, early January, I forget the exact day, you'll have a new Congress sworn in. And if the Republicans take over the commission, the investigation, then they're going to really do some investigating. And they'll call the uh, call Christopher Ray from the FBI in and question what was the role of the FBI in uh in causing the riot there. Who took, well, we know who took the, the barriers down. That was Ray Epps. You should get Ray Epps in there to um, 
to be grilled by uh, the January 6th commission. You know, who who uh, initiated initiated? Who who was he doing his work for? Was he working for the FBI or for the CIA, NSA? He must have been um, working on you know the behest of somebody. And it certainly wasn't Donald Trump. So all of that could change, but this is still important. We've got to look at this, you know, this sentencing today and Donald Trump's subpoena because, and the election coming up, they, they all kind of weave together. And it looks like I've got a caller, so let's see what's on their mind. Go ahead, caller. What you thinking about? Hey, Jim, it's Jim. I'll keep it short because I know you're on a roll. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you listen to the news on the top of the hour, the IRS said... Lois Lerner, that was her name. <laughs> Thank you. Anyhow, go ahead. IRS, I, I, I interrupted you. <laughs> okay. The IRS said that you could put an extra $2,000 in your uh, 401k, right? Okay. Nice. That's great. But I had a friend who lived who didn't live with me, but he worked for him, with me in Bank of America, and he had a 401k. He lost $20,000 yeah. this year. Okay, but hey, what's $2,000 extra? Yeah, I'm throw it in. Why? Because he's going to lose that too in 2023 if, if inflation keeps going up. Yeah, yeah and, really. And, and, and putting Trump in shackles and, and dragging him across the town square like he's Jesus Christ about ready to get crucified. <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea for Democrats to be doing that. Okay, why? Well, uh, there's a lot of people that don't mm -hmm. like the Democrats anymore. If they do uh. that, though, okay, that's going to be the final nail in the coffin for the Socialist Democrat Party that wants to turn us into socialism. So, hey, you know what? That's I don't crazy. think would mind. I really don't think Trump would mind in this case. Sure, take me out in handcuffs, photograph me, and when people see that, <laughs> oh, he he, he would be TV. on every newspaper, every TV across America. Be negative attention, but boy, it'd be attention. Yeah, and it's not going to be the attention that the dummy crats want. We're going to see a big red wave uh, this November, hopefully. Just be yes. smart when you vote, folks, and use your mind. And I'll let you go with this. Uh, we did have a discussion about a JFK assassination thing. I'm not going to go into details, but I'm working <laughs> up on my, my materials. Good, good. So what day are you going to do that? I know the 22nd falls on a Tuesday this year, so I don't think that's going to be a good day unless you want to do it on the 22nd. Um, but you're not on, <laughs> you're not on, on Tuesday. I don't know. I mean, maybe, you, maybe the Friday before the 22nd. That Is would that, be I, the... Well, let me look at the calendar real quick here. Yeah? Okay. And I'm going to show, I'm going to prove to everyone that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. Uh, mm, you can either do it on the 18th. But I, I will try to have an open mind on it. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, you can do either do it on the 18th, which is a Friday, which is before. Or if you want to do it after the 22nd, you can do it on the uh, 25th. Now, 18th sounds better. Oh, better. Okay, well, that's great. Well, we'll make a date on that. And you know what would be great? You would be great. And I could, I'll even pay for my spot. Is to have a... <laughs> we, we both can have a special show. And we can debate this. Uh, well, that's, that's, that's kind of what I'd like to do. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, it can't just be you and me all... Um, hour long but um no no i absolutely yeah. not absolutely well i i'll call maybe you give me an extra five minutes <laughs> <laughs> but okay uh, lay but, your stuff out hit me with your best shot uh, that may not be a good term for that day <laughs> no yo duh what do you think <laughs> uh talk to you, Jim. Have a great yeah, okay <laughs> have a good one you too bye, bye. Okay, anyhow, hit me with your best shot. <laughs> Another thing about the that the January 6th commission has not looked into that it should. Okay, Ashley Babbitt's death. She was shot by by Michael Boyd. He's a, a, an officer there in the Capitol and uh he should 
have to answer the questions on why he shot. And was there a senator behind him telling him to shoot? Hmm, I don't know. But um, he should have to answer to the American people. And uh, there was also Roseanne Boyland. She was beaten to death by cops uh, in an area near near a tunnel. Um, and there were witnesses. Well, there were a ton of witnesses to that. And that was part of the ruckus of uh, of the day was people trying to stop the uh, the officer, a female officer, from um, beating Roseanne Boylan because. She was on the ground and she was lifeless and the cop was still beating her with her baton. Kevin Greeson, he died of a heart attack. And Benjamin Phillips, he died of a stroke. Uh, they were both Trumpers and they were they, they were there that day. But, um, you know, they, they, they walked away from the scene before they passed away. And, of course, there was the police officer um, who died 24 hours later. And another officer committed suicide about four days later. But these deaths need to be investigated. The actions of the cops beating on the protesters need to be investigated. Ray Epps needs to be investigated for... His um, his actions in opening up the barricades and helping to um, get the crowd to go up up the stairs to uh, the Capitol building where they weren't supposed to be, but being that they're in a crowd and everyone's just following the person in front of you and someone's directing you to go someplace, <laughs> you know, when you're just following along, you can go, duh, hey, oh, I'm supposed to go up there. Who were the people that were directing us to go into the Capitol? Because it wasn't the Proud Boys. It wasn't Trumpers. I don't know, maybe it was the FBI or NSA or somebody in the government. Oh, and Nancy Pelosi has to answer questions herself. Why didn't she allow Trump to have the 20,000 National Guardsmen there that would have prevented anything from happening? Like I said, it was a trap. We got trapped, got suckered into being trapped. Yeah, I was there. Uh, I was on the the first balcony. The uh, real action happened on the uh, second balcony. But um, I've talked about that before. So let's get into the subpoena for Trump. The House committee investigating the January 6, 2021 attack on the Capitol released its full subpoena to former President Trump, detailing 19 areas of inquiry it wishes to discuss with the former president and asking him to appear for a deposition on November 14th. Again, I don't know if this is going to happen. Now, if there is a wet red wave, then... I think this falls apart. Trump could just not show up. And it'd be like with Bannon. Uh, <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll, they'll try to uh, get him on. Um, uh, what was the charge of ignoring a subpoena from Congress? But <laughs> in the beginning of January... The new Congress comes in and throws out the old subpoena. You know, so Trump can just play a waiting game on that. So I, I don't understand why the Democrats haven't folded up their tent unless they think that um, that they're actually going to be able to steal this election as well. That's uh, just put that in the back of your mind right now. Let's read through this. The uh, subpoena to Trump. 
As demonstrated in our hearings, we have assembled overwhelming evidence, including from dozens of your former appoint, um, appointees and staff, that you personally orchestrated and oversaw a multi-part effort to overturn the 2020 presidential election and to obstruct the peaceful transition of power. Chairman uh, Bernie Thompson, Democrat of Missouri, and Vice Chairwoman Liz Cheney, Republican Wyoming, <laughs> hardly a Republican, and she's gone. Uh, they wrote in the subpoena letter. In taking the remarkable step of issuing a subpoena to a former president, the committee departed from past practice and offered additional transparency by releasing the full unredacted subpoena, including all documents it is seeking. I mean, that's, uh, there hasn't been a president that has been subpoenaed. Now, I believe that uh, Ronald Reagan came in for some questioning. Um, did Obama ever have to answer questions before Congress? Uh, I'm not sure about that. But there's a big difference between subpoena, giving a subpoena to a former president and asking him to come in to answer questions. Um, you know, so they're breaking new ground here. Let's see it. In some ways, the 19-point schedule reads as a recap of many topics already touched on by the committee. It makes a sweeping request for any documents or communications related to the efforts to evaluate the former pre pre Vice President Mike Pence's role in certifying the 2020 election or any actions he might take. It also asks for anything detailing his discussions, including handwritten notes about other plots, including efforts to reach out to state lawmakers and election officials. So basically, they just want everything pertaining to the election of 2020. <laughs> They're not asking for much. They just want everything. So <laughs> it's called lawfare. And when they don't get the information they're looking for, they're going to say, you didn't provide enough. <laughs> they're going to Alex Jones them and, and say that, that you're, you are defying the court. You are defying uh, the, the January 6th commission. And they'll try to get him arrested. But... Um, that only works if the Democrats retain control of the House of Representatives. And it's highly unlikely. But, uh, that's not the article I wanted. I was going to save this one just as kind of a light piece at the end of the show. Uh, alleged voter intimidation at Arizona Dropbox puts officials on watch. Let's see. Uh, the report landed in the Arizona Secretary of State's online portal Monday night around dinner time. It contained an urgent message. There's a group of people hanging out near the ballot box, drop, it, drop box, filming and photographing my wife as I approached the drop box and accusing of us of being a mule, said the report, which was written by a voter in the Phoenix suburbs and obtained by the Washington Post. They took photographs of our license plate and of us and then followed us out of the parking lot in one of their cars, continuing to film. Well, good. And calling them a mule, that's a reference to Dinesh D'Souza's great video, which everybody should watch. Uh, 2,000 mules, a mule being, uh, you know, a pack animal that carries a bunch of stuff, you know, from one place to another. So, in other words, the people are being mules carrying, you know, just carloads of, of ballots and putting them in the drop box. Many of them illegal, illegally gotten. Um, yeah. Uh, 
And this is what that guy was, what this guy taking the photographs was doing was documenting the, um, the activity at the Dropbox. And if people are being mules, if they are, you know, breaking the law by going around and collecting multiple different ballots, which they get paid for. Again, watch Dinesh Souza's um, uh, movie. And they would have hundreds and hundreds of, of ballots. And it's illegal. You can have more than one in some states. I mean, you can bring the ballots for your mother who's an invalid or something like that. Or someone else in your family. But you're not supposed to go and do like they do in California and collect a whole bunch of them and just stuff the ballot box with them. So this is what those people watching the drop boxes are looking out for. They're trying to prevent someone from doing this. Now, these mules here are turning this around and saying, they're intimidating me. This is voter intimidation. (laughs) This is voter suppression. Which is really the only way that um, that uh, this can be stolen is is if you can get people to back off of watching these these drop boxes, which is a, one of the stupidest ways of uh, having a vote because it's just so open to um, to abuse. But it is what it is. We have to deal with it. So these people are, are hanging out there, and they are photographing everyone that comes in. So you can't be a mule. You can't make a ton of money uh, bringing a couple hundred ballots in because these people are watching you. So... See, this is this is what we have to watch out for. I don't think the election can be stolen. You can't do it in all fifty states, because when the the election was stolen last time, it, it was done in six states, and it was done in specific areas that were highly, deeply blue and controlled by the Democratic Party. So they were able to stuff the ballot box to to their heart's content. They need some coffee. I don't think this, this can be pulled off. But <laughs> the Democrats are probably going to try because if the election is free and fair and above board, the Democrats are going to get their butts kicked. And you're going to see a bunch of Republicans coming in that'll scare the bejesus out of a lot of people in Washington, including Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell, who are Republicans, but do not want a bunch of Trump Republicans coming in. Because <laughs> we'll actually build the wall. We may stop funding the, um, uh, the war in Ukraine. And then... Washington can't get their kickbacks. They can't get their money. And there's other things I'll get into. There's more than one reason for uh, for the invasion at the southern border. And some of it's very decrepit. Oh, could do it on Halloween. That'd be a good time to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, read a little more of this stuff that's going on in Arizona. For months in this vast desert swing state, election officials and democracy advocates have worried that band of activist observers hunting for fraud will harass and intimidate voters. Oh, poor babies. Then vote in person on election day. Citizen watchdogs organize and freelance have 
advertise stakeout events to monitor the goings-on in parking lots and other Dropbox locations as voters deposit their early ballots ahead of election day. Monday's report, which emanated from a Dropbox in Messia, I was going to say Messina, Messia, uh, just off a major roadway, it was the first solid evidence that those fears might come true. Oh, my God, we can't cheat. No, that's not fair. We need to cheat. <laughs> this one still cracks me up. <laughs> Surveillance video shows a man driving a, an SUV up to the drop box in an otherwise deserted park lot. As he returns to his vehicle after depositing papers into the box, he stops, appearing to engage with someone off camera for several seconds. He then gets back into his SUV and reverses. The Post obtained the video through public records to request to Maricopa County election officials. Maricopa County is a place where there is a lot of shenanigans going on there. So it kind of sounds like they might be trying to do it again and they're getting frustrated that they can't cheat. Hmm. By Wednesday, Secretary of State Katie Hobbs, the Democrat who was running for governor, by the way, who did nothing to uh, to make sure that the the election is going to be clean, who oversees the elections here, referred the matter to the U.S. Justice Department and the Arizona Attorney General. A spokesperson for the Justice Department confirmed on Thursday that it received the referral but declined to comment. <laughs> they won't let us cheat. That's not fair. <laughs> oh, God. But, hey, thank God for... <laughs> For the Dropbox watchers. I mean, you've got poll watchers. Now you need Dropbox watchers. That's why the Dropboxes should be eliminated. It would be much simpler, much easier to just have one day of voting and you get there and you vote. And if you can't make it for some reason then and, and you've got a legitimate reason for not being there, you're out of town for work, you're an invalid... Uh, you're in the military, then you get, you know, the um, absentee ballot. It's very simple. But we've got to complicate it, so there are people that are going to watch over it. Anyhow, let me take a break here, and we'll, we'll have a change of venue afterwards. Why don't we just do it? Why don't we do it in the road? Why don't we do it in the road? Why don't we do it in the road? No one will be watching us. Why don't we do it in the road? The United States of Empire by James Dunn shows how the U.S. became a worldwide empire. It looks at the entry of the U.S. into both world wars. George Washington had warned us about entangling ourselves in European wars. Before World War I, the United States was not concerned with foreign conflicts. In World War I, we changed the balance of power in Europe. We went in to save the world for democracy. We expelled the German Kaiser and imposed our own idea of what Germany should look like. Propaganda painted the Kaiser as the evil Hun that was destroying civilization. So when the true barbarian rose to power, Hitler, how could we avoid being drawn in again? We saved Great Britain. Britain needed us again in World War II to save their bacon. We bought the hog. Now we are the empire. The book, The United States of Empire, in paperback, is available at Amazon.com. Hey, babe, what do you want to do tonight? 
Same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. The Mickey and the Brain. Yes, Mickey and the Brain. One is a genius, the other's insane. In laboratory mice, the team has his The Mickey, the Mickey and the Brain. Brain, 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 brain. Is done. Their plan will be unfurled by the dawning of the sun. They'll take over the world. The Pinky and the Brain. Yes, Pinky and the Brain. Their twilight campaign is easy to explain. To prove their mousy work, they'll overthrow the earth. The Pinky, the Pinky and the Brain. Brain, 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 brain. Okay, welcome back. This is Dunsdale, second half. And uh, there was some COVID news that came out this week. A CDC panel has approved the the COVID vaccine shot for kids. Um, oh, what was it? Was it six months to, to 12 years old or is it five years to 12? Anyhow, for very young children. And that's a real problem because, well, I've got another piece here I've got to play that is kind of related to Pinky and the Brain. And we'll get into it. But listen to this person, this person from Pfizer, talking about whether or not the COVID vaccine was was actually... Um, uh, whether you could still get COVID after you've had the vaccine. Listen in. Was the Pfizer COVID vaccine tested on stopping the transmission of the virus before it entered the market? If not, please say it clearly. If yes, are you willing to share the data with this committee? And I really want a straight answer, yes or no, and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Um, regarding the question around, um, did we know about stopping the immunization before um, it entered the market? No. Uh, these, um, you know, we had to really move at the speed of science to really understand what is taking place in the market. And from that point of view, we had to do everything at risk. We had to do everything at risk. It couldn't provide inoculation. It couldn't stop you from getting uh, COVID. This is a, a spokesman from Pfizer that is speaking there. We were lied to about the COVID vaccine. We were lied to about where, where COVID came from. There was there were so many lies told about COVID and the COVID vaccine. And now they want to inoculate children. They want to inoculate our children with this with this so-called vaccine that has killed, oh, uh, at least probably 40,000 people. I, that's what I said, killed 40,000 people. You don't hear much about this because we are fed so many lies. Right there, you had somebody from Pfizer saying that that it couldn't stop transmission. It couldn't give you inoculation. When we were told that it was going to, you were inoculated. You, were, you wouldn't get COVID and you wouldn't spread it is what we were told. That's one of the things that uh, Joe Biden had said. If you get the shot then you're not going to get COVID and you're not going to spread it. And, you know, he was saying a lot of nasty things about about people who weren't getting the shots, you know, that we were the spreaders, that we were the reason that uh, COVID was killing people and we were going to kill granny. We were going to kill our children if we didn't get the shot because... We would just be carriers of it and we would spread it. Well, that was a lie. The vaccine never prevented you from getting COVID and it doesn't prevent you from, from giving it to others. And 
there's a lot of problems with it. It causes myocarditis, it attacks your heart, your brain, your liver, and it especially attacks your reproductive organs. So these little kids, if they don't get myocarditis and they don't drop dead from a heart attack when they're playing football or soccer out in the backyard or, or at school, they'll never have children of their own. You'll never have grandkids. Um, the, <laughs> this is really sick. I mean, and... That piece that I played for you, and now it sounds a little bit different because it was it was in Europe, the European Parliament. Let's listen to it again. Was the Pfizer COVID vaccine tested on stopping the transmission of the virus before it entered the market? If not, please say it clearly. If yes, are you willing to share the data with this committee? And I really want a straight answer, yes or no, and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Um, regarding the question around, um, did we know about stopping the immunization before um, it sent you the market? No. Uh, these... Um... No. <laughs> oh, of course not. No, wasn't supposed to. We were just supposed to give it Look up the Georgia Guidestones. There's people, very rich people, very powerful people, like uh, King Charles of England and his, his father before him, who want to kill people off, get, reduce the population of the world from, we have about 7.5 billion right now, reduce it down to, uh, to half a billion in other words, get rid of 7 billion people in the world. And this vaccine is one of the ways. And you heard about the uh, information that came out of Boston this week, didn't you? Researchers added, I'm a, okay, uh, this is playing with fire. It could spark a lab-generated pandemic. Experts slam Boston lab where scientists have created a new deadly COVID strain with an 80% kill rate. Researchers added Omicron spike protein to the original Wuhan uh, spike. Uh, is, let me start that again. Researchers added Omicron's spike protein to the original Wuhan COVID strain. Omicron spike is highly mutated, which made it the most infectious variant ever. Eight in ten mice infected with the lab-created strain died at the Boston University lab. Let's see. The revelation exposes how dangerous virus manipulation research continues to, uh, to go on even in the U.S. despite fears similar practices may have started the pandemic. Oh, this is from the Daily Mail, by the way. <laughs> may have started? It did start. It was created in a lab in Wuhan and released. Let's see. Professor... Shemuel Sapiria, a leading scientist in the Israeli government, said this should be totally forbidden. It is playing with fire. Gain-of-function research is when viruses are purposefully manipulated to be more infectious or deadly. It is thought to be at the center of COVID's origin. It is at the center of it. Uh, there was another chemist by the name of Dr. Richard Ebright, who's um, spoken of in this article. He said that if we were to avoid a next lab-generated pandemic, it is imperative that oversight of enhanced potential pandemic pathogen research be strengthened. In the new research, which has not been peer-reviewed, a team of researchers from Boston and Florida extracted Omicron spike protein, the unique structure that binds to it and invades human cells. It has always been present, but it has become more evolved over time. Let's see. Boston University's National 
Emerging Infectious Disease Laboratories is one of 13 biosafety level 4 labs in the United States. The most dangerous type of research can be carried out in these labs involving highly infectious viruses such as COVID and Ebola. I've got a question about Ebola. Was was Ebola developed in a laboratory? I'll bet you that it was. Uh, so anyhow, now we have this uh, vaccine being uh, being given to young kids. This is. GOP governors promise not to mandate the COVID-19 vaccine for children. Well, thank God someone's got some common sense. Following the CDC's advisory committee on immunization practices, voting 15 to nothing to add COVID shots to the children's recommended vaccine schedule, Republican governors have vowed not to institute mandates in their state. It was from six months of age and older. But that's great. They have vowed not to institute mandates for these these vaccines. If you don't trust it, like I don't, then it's not going to be required for you getting your kid into um, into school. That's that's a good thing. The COVID nineteen vaccine has been placed as a recommendation from six months of age and older, as well as being approved for the federally funded Vaccine for Kids program, which provides vaccines to children at no or low cost to families. Isn't that nice? It's not going to cost you anything to kill your kid. Well, maybe they won't die, but, you know, they'll be infertile for life. As long as I am governor in Florida, there will not be a COVID-19 vaccine mandate for children in our schools, DeSantis said. Thank you. He continued, that is your decision to make as a parent. Isn't that great? The parents make the decision, not the state. Uh, These are new shots. I get a kick out of it when people compare it to MMR, measles, mump, and rubella, things that have been around for decades and decades. And autism has been around for decades and decades, probably through the MMR shots. I wouldn't even trust those. Other governors that that have uh, made the same vow. Tennessee Governor Bill Lee, Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt, Alabama Governor Kay Ivey, and Chris, um, South Dakota Governor Christy Nome. Those are good governors. Oh, and by the way, if uh, Jeff Deal gets elected in Massachusetts for the governor there, he will not mandate these shots either. No, it'll it'll be left up to the parents. Let's see. As we highlighted yesterday, Senator Rand Paul called the CDC's decision appalling, urging that there is no scientific evidence that the vaccines have any advantages for children at all. That's, That's a point that needs to be made here. Unlike the flu... COVID doesn't affect young children very much. It is very, very unlikely that a child will get COVID. For some reason, they just have a natural immunity to it, and they don't get it. The flu is the opposite. Flu attacks uh, um, kids uh, quite a bit. But there is no reason at all to give your kid this shot. All you're doing is increasing their chance of getting myocarditis or a brain aneurysm or being sterile when, when they grow up and they want to have kids. So, 
I would outlaw it completely. Um, can't wait. <laughs> uh, coming back to the election. Can't wait for uh, the red wave. And Fauci is brought up on charges for poisoning people with a fake vaccine. Uh, let's see. Uh, there's a couple of other. Now I'll lighten it up. I mean, the weekend is coming up. Let's see. COVID-19 virus has a telltale fingerprint that makes it highly likely to have come from a lab. Duh. Here's an interesting one. Connor Kennedy, RFK's grandson and Taylor Swift's ex-boyfriend, says he went to fight in Ukraine and was willing to die there. Connor Kennedy said that he fought on the northeastern front of the Ukraine war. This is uh, an insider job. I mean, an insider <laughs> uh, article. Let's see. Kennedy said, Kennedy said he kept his real name private when fighting with Ukraine's International Legion. He said he had no prior military experience and was not a great shot but was willing to die there. Oh, he's so brave. Connor Kennedy says he volunteered to fight in the Ukraine war and was willing to die there. I'm sorry. My computer does that, repeats these lines. Let's see. Kennedy is best known for being Robert F. Kennedy's grandson and singer Taylor Swift's one-time boyfriend back in 2012. Yes, if you're a TikTok fan, you know that. In an Instagram post on October 14th, he wrote that he joined Ukraine's International Legion of Foreign Fighters this year. Going in, I had no prior military experience and wasn't a great shot. Okay, we're repeating. He said, I liked being a soldier more than he had expected before enlisting, but he left the fight eventually. Um, You know, it's, it's something he put himself in the line of fire, he, you know, he got in there. But doesn't he seem a little bit like a sunshine patriot there? Going in when the going was good and getting out before winter. You know, it's it's not like his uh, grand uncle. Yeah, grand uncle. Uh, John F. Kennedy was in the war for the duration or his other granduncle, Joseph, who died flying um, uh, an Air Force plane, um, flying an experimental plane uh, on a secret mission, uh, no less. But, yeah, you got to give him credit. He went over there, you know, dangerous place, doing dangerous things. You know, so that's something. Oh, that's... Almost time to go. And Elon Musk said that he reported, he reportedly told investors he was willing to pl- to, <laughs> to get rid of 75% of Twitter's workforce. Hmm. Imagine. Maybe I can get back on. Yeah, really. Maybe there'll be job openings over there. Want to live in San Francisco? No. <laughs> oh, that was my other story. But next week... This is a Dunn's Deal. Tell your friends and neighbors to tune in Friday evenings at 6.05 for Jim's perspective on the issues of the week. You're listening to WNRI Woonsocket.